0: We find ourselves in the middle of a series that has been entitled or been titled, Something Better. I've asked this question to us pretty much every week, do do you desire something better? Is is your life at a point, at a moment that you're saying, you know what, there has to be something better better than what is happening right now. I believe that there is something better. We've looked at this for the past few weeks, and we will continue to uh, journey through 1 Kings and 2 Kings as we look at Elijah and as we look at the prophet Elisha in uh, a few weeks. And we will not just look at something better, we'll look at something greater, And uh, if you have a copy of God's word, turn with me to 1 Kings chapter 18. Tell you, I'm somewhat nervous. My lands. I've only been out of the pulpit like one week. I was at youth camp last week. I don't know what in the world I'm doing up here. So, y'all pray. Whoo. 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to start in verse 17. And uh, we'll read down through verse 29. It states this in 1 Kings chapter 18. And when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is it you, you troubler of Israel? And he answered, I've not troubled Israel, but but you have, and your father's house, because You have abandoned the commandments of the Lord and followed the Baals. Now therefore, send and gather all Israel to me at Mount Carmel and the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel, and Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you go limping between two different opinions? What a question. If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal, then follow Him. And the people did not answer Him a word. Verse 22, then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only am left a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us and let them choose one bull for themselves and cut it in pieces and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God. And I will call upon the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire. He is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first for you are many and call upon the name of your God and put no fire to it. And they took the bull that was given them, and they prepared it and called upon the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, and no one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud, for he is a god, either he's musing That means he's meditating, he's thinking, he's contemplating something. Either he's musing, or my favorite here is this, he's relieving himself. Or maybe he's on a journey. Or perhaps he's asleep and he must be awakened. And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their custom with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on. But there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Heavenly Father, I bow before you and God, I pray. God, I pray that for this group that is gathered here today, for these that are in this room, Father, definitively, once and for all, every single man, every single woman would decide. Just as on the side of that mountain so many years ago, there was a decision day. There was a decision that had to be made. May that day be staring us right now. Father, may we, decide today who God is. and May we live that way. I ask it in Christ's name. Amen. So let's catch up just a little bit. Um, first, you and I need to be reminded, more than likely, we need to be reminded that Ahab is king. And his wicked witch of the west wife is Jezebel and they are in charge of Israel the northern kingdom so to speak they are in charge and as they are in charge they have kind of ushered out God as the sole god in Israel now Israel is a pluralistic culture and a pluralistic land where there are many gods and namely there are the baals there as we stated and as we saw a couple of weeks ago, there are um, there's not just one Baal God. There are Baals in every different field, in every different train of thought. They are everywhere. And Ahab is king. The people of Israel are now turned away from God and they are living in this land. And they are worshiping and following after Baal. It's been three and a half years since... Elijah has shown his face to Ahab. The last time he showed his face, his face was in front of him and they were talking. Elijah said, Baal is not God. He is not the God of rain as he says that he is. I'm telling you that there will be no rain until I say so, until God says through me that there will be rain. And for three and a half years, there has been no rain. Now God wants Elijah, the most wanted and hated man in Israel, to stand before the king who has said, If you see him, kill him on sight. He wants him to meet with Ahab. And so therefore they meet. Two points this morning concerning this topic. One God or many? Two points for us this morning as we look at this passage in 1 Kings chapter 18. The first is this, there is always a troubler. I mean, there really is. There's always a troubler. In your life, in my life, in our lives surrounding us, there's always a troubler. The question is not if there's a troubler. The question is, that must be answered, is who's the real troubler? Who is the real one that is making trouble trouble? In life. Look with me again in verse 17. Ahab and Elijah meet. And Ahab, the king, says this to Elijah. He said, is it you, O troubler of Israel? Oh, troubler of Israel, is it you? Uh, Elijah, is it you? We all have those folks in our lives, right? Yeah, we do. They're they're those folks that we don't like them very often. We don't like to be around them. They're, They're the people that get under our skin. They're the ones that ask questions that you're not ready to answer, that I'm not ready to answer. Or they're the ones that ask those questions in a way or at a specific time that just aren't convenient. They're always looking for an angle to attack. They're always looking to possibly even see you suffer. They are the troublers. And there's always some in our lives. And Ahab believes that Elijah is the troubler, not just for him, but for all of Israel. In essence, Ahab was saying this, hey, I am sick and tired of this drought. I am sick and tired of all the shenanigans. I'm sick and tired of trying to find you. I am sick and tired of being here and you are the one that is causing all of this trouble. But Elijah says this. I haven't troubled Israel. It's not me. I'm not the troubler. I'm not the real troubler. It's you, Ahab. It's not just you, Ahab. It's you and your father's house. Listen to what he said. Why are they, Ahab and his father's house, being uh, put to this test of, of being the troubler, it's because you've abandoned the commandments of the Lord. Elijah has been called a troubler, and now Elijah calls Ahab the troubler. It's happened in our, in our culture here of late. You've watched a newscast and there has been some huge incident that has been up there and the person who speaks the loudest has got the microphone and you're like, how in the world did this person get in front of this camera with this microphone and they are just blabbing. It is loud. It is large and in charge and they make a huge case. But just because they were the first to say it, Or just because they are the loudest that is saying it does not mean that they are right. Ahab comes out of the gates and he says, you're the one, Elijah. And Elijah said, no, you are. You and I must understand that there is a troubler, yes, but we have to find the real troubler. This word troubler is used a couple of times in this passage. It is used once spoken about Elijah and once about Ahab right there in those two verses. And then a little later, it is the same word is used to speak of these prophets. But it's the same word. You've got to go back in... In Exodus, and you see this in Exodus because there were some venomous snakes in the camp of Israel. Israel had started murmuring, Israel had started complaining, Israel had started turning their back on the God who saved them out of Egypt, who brought them out of slavery, who brought them across a dry path on the bottom of a seafloor to save them from the armies of Egypt. And they started murmuring and they started complaining. And God said, enough of that. And he sent some troublers in the form of venomous snakes. And those venomous snakes went into the camp and they started biting people and people started dying. Every time they would get bit, they would die. And so the people of Israel did what? They cried out to God, God, save us from these troublers. And God said, all right. Make you a pole, put you a snake on it, bronze it, and put it in the middle of the camp. And anybody that is bit by these troublers, if they would look at the pole and they would look at that standard, they would be saved. It's also used in the book of Joshua. Israel goes into the land and Israel defeats Jericho and every possession in Jericho is to be gods. It's set aside and it is to be gods. And there's this one guy, Achan. Oh, Achan. Achan looks inside of a tent and he sees some gold. And Achan looks inside of this same tent and he sees a couple of, of garments. And he says, nobody will ever know. Here's what I'll do. I'll take it and I'll hide it underneath my tent. I'll dig a hole and nobody will know. God knew. And Joshua calls out Achan. And he calls him this same word. Oh, you troubler of Israel. Elijah is called a troubler of Israel. Ahab has now been called the troubler of Israel. So who is the one that truly is in the midst of troubling Israel? You and I have to understand. We've got to realize who the true troubler is. Elijah gives a key to who it is in verse number 18. And he says this. I've not troubled Israel. But you have. Not only you, but you and your father's house have troubled Israel because you have abandoned the commandments of the Lord. My question this morning as we're trying to figure out who the true troubler is, who the true troubler is in your life, who the true troubler is in my life, who is it that is really wreaking havoc on us? My question for you turns inward. We like to say it's somebody else. We like to put the blame on somebody else. We like to kind of just pass that buck along down the line. But the question for you and the question for me is this. Is it you? Are you just like Ahab? Are you just like Ahab? Am I just like Ahab in that I have in my father's house and you have in your father's house has abandoned the commandments of the Lord? Have you shifted your allegiance from God. Sir, I, I wrote it this way. Sir, have you altered your decisions at work so that you can make a few more dollars? Have you allowed something to sneak into your life and you have thought, and your thought has been this, that it's really not that bad? I mean, God knows about it. If it's bad and He knows about it, surely the lightning bolt would have already come down and just snuffed me out. But He allows you to continue on. He isn't punishing me right now. So even though I know that I should not be doing this, I should not be gossiping, I should not be slandering, I should not be watching porn, I should not be flirting, I should not be touching her or touching him, I should not be talking to this lawyer about divorce, I should not be coveting that gadget, I should not be plotting how I can make more money off for me. I shouldn't be thinking that I'm better than others, that I'm bowing down to this sports altar instead of God's altar because he continues to allow me to stand upright and there is no punishment, I guess everything's okay. Are we the troublers? I got your attention. Elijah got Ahab's attention you and I must realize to understand, yes, there is a troubler, but is that troubler me? You and I say, I mean, God's up in heaven and if it's really wrong in his book, then he would have stopped me. I feel like this is right. May I remind you, may I remind myself, That my heart and your heart, that our hearts, God's word state, are deceitful above all things and that our hearts are desperately wicked. Just because God hasn't struck Ahab dead, just because he has not struck us dead, doesn't mean that what you are saying and what I am thinking and what we are doing is right. Let's give some comedy for just a second, and then we'll stretch the rubber band a little more. You know, for like seven weeks, I have been um, doing youth work here, and I've learned a a thing. Well, I've actually learned two things. One, I have had more acne in the last seven weeks than I have in 16 years previous. I guess just the close proximity of that is uh, causing an outbreak. It is crazy. Yeah, I'm still going down these aisles that I thought that I was finished with when I finished puberty. But the second thing that I have learned and that I have been reminded of, I actually knew it, but I've been reminded of, concerning youth, is this. You know, I spent uh, a few days in very close proximity with our kids this past week as we were at Covenant College and uh, had a great time of youth camp. I didn't lose any of your kids. You are thankful, I think, that I didn't, that I brought everybody home, and I am as well. But here's what I've come to realize. I've come to realize, I wrote it this way, I've come to realize that teens are finding their way and are mastering deception. They're finding their way to master deception. You say, what do you mean by that? I, here's what I mean. We adults have mastered it. We adults have mastered how to deceive somebody. We can shove the direction this way or that way, make this decision. It was because of this or that. We hide our sins so well that we divert it in whatever direction that we want. We feel this way or that way, they did this or that and and we just cover our sin so well that we cope with it and we think that life is okay. That's what's happening right here. Ahab and all of Israel they're putting the blame on Elijah. they're saying you're the one that is the troubler. Our sin is our sin we're coping with it and that's called life. And Elijah says nope. That's not life. That's called sin. And sir, ma'am, Brian, you, we need to repent of it, and we need to get right with God. Really, what was being said by Ahab, and so oftentimes by you and by me, is that the troublemaker in my life and the troublemaker in your life is you. It wasn't somebody else's fault. It wasn't even Satan's attack on you. It was your heart and it was my heart desiring this and deceiving us. Our heart chooses to rebel against the commands of God by choice and by nature. Let me give you an illustration. Because I've been dealing with youth and this has been spoken this past week as I was thinking about this, I, I just played this illustration out. He says to keep sex between one man and one woman in the marriage covenant. It's not a contract that can be torn up. Marriage is a covenant between a man and a woman and God. There is this triune covenant between a man and a woman and God. And sex is to be in that relationship. The intimate parts of a person are to be revealed and kept in that only. Yet you and I, we find ourselves in a culture that's inundated with sex. It is, it is inundated with sex. It is even to the point that we become numb to it. You turn on the radio and every stinking song on the radio, whatever the station, it is about that. Turn on the television, it's about that. Turn on a sports game, it is about that. Go to the gym, it is about that. Turn on the computer, look on the internet, open the newspaper, read anything. Your mind and my mind were overloaded with sex. And on one level, we're numb to it. But on the other level, because we are inundated with it so much, and in every facet of our lives, we're driven by it. And God says to you and He says to me, Don't be numb to it, nor be driven by it and worship it. It is to be in this place between one man and one woman and me in this most intimate relationship and covenant relationship called marriage. If you keep it where it is, and you don't elevate it to worship, and you don't be numb by it, it is a blessing and a great thing by God. But if you don't, then it blazes uncontrollably. That was free. Let's get back to the passage. Second point. Not only do we need to understand who the real troubler is, you and I need to understand that the day comes when a decision has to be made, therefore make it. A decision has to be made, therefore make it. Look at these verses when Ahab brought all the children of Israel together and he brought all those prophets together, verse 21 states this, And Elijah came near to all the people and he said, Sir, ma'am, how how long are you going to be limping? How long? How long will you continue limping around? You see their answer? And the people were silent. And the people did not answer him a word. How long will you go limping? How long? How long will you have one foot on this side of the fence and one foot on the other side of the fence? Because that's where Ahab was. Ahab was a partial worshiper of Jehovah. And you say, how in the world is that the case? Well, you need to understand what he named his two boys. He, he named his first son Ahaziah. Ahaziah literally means owned by Jehovah. This is Ahab the king. He named his son owned by Jehovah. Then his second son he named Jehoram. Jehovah be exalted. Ahab says, I, I want the best of both worlds. I, I want to pay homage and allegiance to God, and so therefore I'm going to name my boys after him. And then at the same time, I I want everything this world has to offer, and so I'm going to straddle the proverbial fence. And if you and I straddle the proverbial fence, guess what? We limp around. The question for you and the question for me is how long will you limp around? That day on Mount Carmel, all of Israel had a choice to make. As Elijah was pointing out, as he was pointing them toward Jehovah God, the creator of the universe, and as he had 450 prophets of Baal and 400 prophets of the Asherah there with all of Israel, he said, which one are you going to choose? Go ahead, choose. Choose. and they were silent. Watch this and see if it resonates with you. See if we can get the video to play.
1: I'm so hungry. OK, you want to get something to eat? Yes. OK, where do you want to go? I don't care. OK, how about Taco Bell? Oh, gross, I don't like Taco Bell. OK, well then what do you want? I don't care. OK, how about KFC? Uh, I don't want that. Okay, well then what do you want? I don't care. You do care. I've just given you two choices and you turned them both down. So, obviously you do want something. What is it? I don't know. I want you to pick. Okay, okay. How about... I don't want to eat with you if you're going to be a meanie. Okay, okay. I won't be mean as soon as you choose. Because we can stand here and have this conversation for the rest of my life. I'm going to just be quiet until you make a decision about what you want to do. Like, what kind of food do you want to eat? I don't know, like a burger? Okay, a burger. How about backyard burgers? Ooh, I don't like backyard burgers. That's burgers! burgers. That's exactly what you said you wanted! I don't want it anymore. You don't want burgers? I'm not really hungry anymore. You're not hungry? No. Okay, then what do you want to do? I want to watch TV. You want to watch TV? Okay, what do you want to watch? I don't care. Um, how about American Idol? Oh, I don't like American do, Idol! What do you want to watch? I don't care, you pick, I'm not... I
0: did tell you I've been with a youth so group... Uh, yeah, she said uh, she was hungry at the end, sorry. I uh, forgot about that last little bit. I, I did tell you I've been with youth for a while, and my brain is fried a little bit as well. It is decision day. No longer do we need, no longer can we take the freedom to kick the choice down the road. It's decision day for you. It's decision day for me. The question for you and the question for me is, do you believe God is who He says He is. The creator of the universe, the one who created everything that is in this world, in this universe. Do you believe what He says? That He is who He says He is? Or do you believe creation? What Elijah was saying is similar to what Joshua said to the children of Israel as he came to the end of his life. He said, choose you today. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve God? Well, if you're going to serve God, then serve Him. If you're not going to serve God, then don't serve Him. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Elijah is saying something extremely similar. He's saying this to 2015 Americans. If you're going to serve the world, and serve it. Go all out. By all means, don't hold anything back. Do not str- uh, straddle the proverbial fence. Serve the world if you're going to serve the world. Go all out. If sex is going to be your God, then get after it. If money is going to be your God, then sell your soul to it and get all that you can in these 70 or 80 plus years. If family is your God, by all means, spend every moment with them. If work then kill yourself there. A couple weeks ago, we uh, had a long little snippet about beauty. Men and ladies alike, if beauty is what you're going to serve, then by all means, nip it and tuck it, paint it and cover it and push it up, suck it in, Botox it, chemical peel it, whatever it is, go for it. But you and I need to know this. About every single one of those things. They promise so much. But they deliver so little. They promise you the world. But they deliver little. Only God comes through. With his promises. And they took the bull that was given to them. These 800 And 50 prophets. They took the bull that was given to them. And they put it in pieces. And threw it on the altar. And they started going around the altar. From morning till noon. And they danced. And they yelled. And they danced. And they yelled. And they danced. And they sung. And they yelled. And they danced. All around this warning. Baal to call down fire. As we read it the first time, I pause because I love this part of the story. It is my favorite part of the story, and I know why it is, because I'm sarcastic. I, I understand that, but this is me right here. I would be the one that has the sarcastic response, and Elijah beat me to it. He said, hey, maybe your God is musing. He's, he's meditating or he's thinking. Maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's gone on a journey. And then he says this, maybe he's relieving himself. He can't hear you because the fan in the toilet is on. That is what is going on here, right? Just yell a little louder. Dance a little more. But that's not just what's going on. You, you understand why we have this here. It is so that you and I might see something about our culture. Because every false god, not just Baal, but every false god, any of the ones that I just pointed out to us, you know what it says? If you want me to bless you, dance a little more. If you want something from me, just yell a little louder so I might hear you. Just come a little closer and I will give it to you. Yet it is never given. Ever. The only one who brings down the fire, the only one that answers your prayer, the only one that brings blessings is Jehovah God. And the question for me, not even for you, it is for you, but I'm preaching to myself. The question is, how long are you going to continue limping? It's decision time for you and it's decision time for me. Who will we serve? Who will we trust? The God of the universe says this to you and He says this to me as I close. For you to hear from me, for you to be accepted by me, you don't have to dance. You don't have to chant. You don't have to cut your body. I'll cut my body. I'll take your place. You failed, I know you failed. You you can't do it, I know you can't do it. I'll take your place. Because I love you that much. You don't have to change for me to love you. I love you. And if you come to me, I promise you, I'll change you. That's the difference. Between every false God and the one true God. But the question is for you who will you serve will you serve the many gods or will you serve Jehovah heavenly father i bow before you father it's a uh, a story an event that took place thousands of years ago god I, I know it's easy for us to just think about it was something that happened then, and it has nothing to do with me. God, you've shown me it has everything to do with me. And Lord, I fear that it has everything to do with us. That we limp along. And the question for every one of us, how long is that going to happen? Hadn't it been enough time, Brian? Hadn't it been enough time, Riverbend? Might we come to you today? Some of us for the first time. Some of us, might we come back afresh and anew. Might we repent and say, Lord, I am sorry. I am sorry that I have limped along, that I have straddled the fence, that I have tried to have one foot in both realms, so to speak. God, that you would find us where we are. Lord, you would convict our hearts and draw us to you because you love us. and You gave your very best for us. Sir, if you're here today and there are things that are in your life, God says to you, just give them to me. Just give them to me. I'll I'll take care of them. I'll pay the price for that. Because I love you. Ma'am, there are things that are going on in your life and in your mind and in your world. God says to you the same exact thing. I, I love you. I gave you my best. Why don't you come to me? Let me show you how To make it through this moment and this trial and this situation and this circumstance with me leading you and you not straddling. Sir, you need to make that decision, ma'am. You need to make the decision. I can't. But the decision day is today. Don't wait any longer. Father, I pray that you would move. I pray that every word that has been said that was of you, Father, would stick in our gray matter. And every word that was of Brian Tillman, Father, it would just vanish. Father, I come expecting today, expecting you to move in the hearts of the men and women, the boys and girls in this room, expecting you to move in my heart. And I thank you.